0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Believe in Minnesota football podcast hosted by me, Tony Liebert. You can follow me on Twitter at Tony Liebert. That is Tony, L-I-E-B-E-R-T. And TikTok and Instagram at Tony underscore Liebert. For today's episode, we will be talking about the biggest questions and storylines the Gophers face heading into the 2023 season. Plus, on the back end, we'll have a great interview with 2024 offensive lineman commit Mauricio Hins from Nova Scotia, Canada by way of Clearwater, Florida. Very nice guy. Very good interview. Um, I think Olfersen will like that. I think he'll fit right in with Minnesota, being born and raised in Canada. Um, all right, so I guess we'll just hop right into some of the biggest questions and storylines heading into this season. Um, I think at the top of the bill, it's really the theme of this season. The theme of the off season is it's going to be the first year with super prospects. Um, Golden Boy quarterback, Ethan kelly Manis as the head signal caller and the top guy under center for the whole year. So I think the biggest question is how good is he? Um, Gophers fans obviously know how talented he is, and he's been hyped up for such a long time since he's really arrived on campus. And I I personally think it's rightfully so. Um, Just kind of, I guess, looking back, he was the 349th ranked prospect in his high school class in 2021. According to 247 Sports, he was a four-star. And last year in his first real game action, making a couple starts, he was uh, 54.1% completion percentage. He had 946 passing yards, three touchdowns, four interceptions, and then he had 34 carries for 140 yards and one touchdown. And I think if you have to step back and look at the bigger picture, he made his first career start in one of the toughest atmospheres in the sport on the road at Penn State in the whiteout game. So for any young quarterback, that's just an incredibly high, insurmountable task to make your first start in that situation. I, I personally think he did pretty well in that situation, given the circumstances and then I really think he only got better throughout the year that Iowa game wasn't his best work. The Northwestern game, he was just it was a handoff um party. There was just a lot of groundwork with the uh, running backs. not him, really. Well, so he really wasn't asked to do much in that game, but the Wisconsin game, he showed his full repertoire, 19 to 29, 319 yards, two touchdowns on the road. And that was the last regular season game of the year in the bowl game before he got hurt. He was looking good too. So I think if you look at it, you have to know he was getting better every game. I personally think so. And in that Wisconsin game, he showed why Gophers fans are so excited. Um, and I think there's a lot to like from that game, obviously. Uh, Dalen Wright, a guy who was big wide receiver in that game, no longer with the program. What Daniel Jackson, terrific game. Lamarcus Brockington, terrific game. Um, there's just a lot to be excited from that game. If you went back and watched that game, you're like, Ethan Callikman is going to win the Heisman. Um, obviously in a Gophers lens, I think a lot of people, I'm being obviously exaggerated, but that was a good game, and there's a lot to be excited about for that. But I guess on the broader landscape of this season. Um, obviously, everyone's going to talk about the schedule, talk about this, talk about that. But I think Ethan ultimately impacts this team ceiling more than any player on the roster. Um, given the schedule, given how much turnover there was on the offensive line, not dramatically obviously, obviously with just JMS and. Um, Rush Meyer, moving on, but it's not one of their best offensive lines recently. So, given that, given Mo is now gone, talented wide receiver court, talented tight end, but I think Ethan, this offense is really going to go as far as Ethan takes it, and... I don't have the answer for you. How good he is, but I mean, I I've watched him practice many times. Every time I watch him practice, I'm just impressed. Um, he, he's got he's got the it factor. He's got the skills. He's got the leadership. He's got it all. So it's just about showing it now. Man. And week one against Nebraska, I think it's going to be a great litmus test for that. And then pretty quickly it gets tough going on the road against uh, Drake May and UNC, but. It'll be fun to watch him grow, and I think over since I think they will, but they'll, they'll realize it's not going to happen overnight. And you shouldn't have huge expectations from day one. Um, but you still should have should have some high hopes because I think he's that talented. But you just got to be realistic about it and take it game by game. I think we're going to see that this year. Um. All right. Another big storyline is the whole new offensive system kind of talked about it with with uh, Mo moving on to the NFL. Not a dominant offensive line like they've had. Not, not that surefire NFL prospect on the offensive line. So they're not going to be this power-running team. At least you wouldn't think they will be. Um, they might try to, but they have a new running back. All this stuff. But more importantly, they have a new offensive play caller. Kirk Scirocco went back to Rutgers. And Greg Harbo and Matt Simon are now co-offensive coordinators. And being that Simon has been with the program for a while, people kind of, I guess, assumed that he would be the main play caller. But in the spring, it did seem like Harbo was heavily involved. Um, It almost seemed like he was calling plays. Um, Obviously, that's a bit of speculation, but during practice, that's kind of what it looked like. Um, I, I really think it will be a 50-50 thing. It could change throughout the year like that, but I think they're two very good uh, offensive minds. I don't know if they're good play callers. We saw Simon in a few games who looked impressive, so I think it'll be an interesting collaborative effort, and I think Dolphins fans have the right to be optimistic that they're going to pass the ball a little bit more. Obviously, with all those weapons that we talked about on the offensive end, um, they were one of the highest run percentage teams in college football last season and for the last few seasons. So it'll be interesting to see how different it looks. We know that um, Ethan's running capability affects the offense a little bit. Anywhere from three to seven plays a game, he could be running the ball, which is way more than... Or, Morgan ever had the chance to do so that impacts your offense. Um, so it'll be interesting. That's obviously something to look for, uh, look out for because, um, I, I think it will look different, it's just about how different, and yeah. that's something I don't think we're going to know until week one. Um, I obviously went and mentioned it. Um, the legendary Gophers running back, Muhammad Ibrahim is off to the NFL with the Lions. And the Gophers have to now look to replace him. It's tough to replace any all-time running back of Moe's level. But the Gophers have plenty of talent in their backfield. Most notably, they went out and got Sean Tyler from Western Michigan, transfer running back, flipped him from Oklahoma State. And I think he's very talented, and Gophers fans are going to see that very quickly. But he's also a guy who's not a bell cow and he's never had a huge workload as he's he's been the number one running back, but he's not a guy you're gonna give 25 30 carries a game like the Gophers did with Mo sometimes. So I, there's definitely room for other running backs to step up and Bryce Williams is kind of that veteran guy who's been there done that. but I don't think he's ever gonna be a number one option, but he, he I think he's gonna kind of be in that three to five carry role every game. Uh, Might come on a third down sometimes. Um, He's not a guy who's going to make mistakes. So maybe early in the year, the Gophers trust him in the red zone. I could see something like that happening. Um, Also, he's not a guy who has this like insane breakaway speed or this insane big play potential. But it is valuable to have a guy, you know, that's not going to make many mistakes. And that is Bryce Williams. So I think he will have a role throughout the year. Uh, Bar injury too. uh, his role could grow. But I think what Gophers fans should be excited about is Zach Evans, the redshirt freshman from Texas, who looked terrific in the spring, looked terrific in the spring game. He has the potential to his role to slowly increase throughout the year. Tyler's role, Sean Tyler's role is going to be there all season. More of a pass-catching threat than any other running back, I think, on this roster. Um, it'll be interesting to see if the Gophers utilize that because historically under P.J. Fleck, they haven't utilized their running backs out of the backfield in pass-catching situations as much as other teams. But Tyler, I think, has a different skill set than any other running back they've had. So it'll be interesting how they do that. But Zach Evans has a chance to be one of the breakout stars on this team this season. It might not happen week one, like I said. Similar with Ethan, Mm -hmm. young player. So... That rarely happens week one, but he could be a guy come uh, week 9, 10, 11, 12 where you're like, this guy has a chance to be special. Man. He'll be uh, an interesting guy to look out for, but I think it'll be a combination of those three guys looking to pre- replace Mo um, with true freshman Darius Taylor always lurking behind. But, um, I, I think his time is going to come a little bit more next season. Um in 2024. Um, and then an, another really big story of the offseason was the production of the Gophers lost on the defensive side of the ball. Um, a lot of it to the transfer portal, some to the NFL. Terrell Smith and Jordan Howden both getting drafted. Uh, Trill Carter transferring to Texas, Michael Flip Dixon transferring to Rutgers, Raylan Oliver transferring to Georgia Tech. Thomas Rush and Mariana sorry, Mar and both graduate. And so that is uh, seven starters that they lost on the defensive side of the ball. So they return Justin Wally, they return Tyler Newbin, they return Kyler Baugh, and then they return a mixture of Danny Strigo, Jalen Logan Redding, and yeah. John ja Joyner. Uh, a few of those guys started different games. Danny Strigall probably started the most, but uh, in that position, it's just a constant rotation. But, um it's just how are the Gophers going to do? They went out in, tr- in the transfer portal. They got Jack Henderson from Southeast Louisiana. They got Chris Collins from North Carolina. They got um, Trayvon Jones from Elon. They got Tyler Bride from, uh, uh, he from? Georgia Southern. Excuse me um craig mcdonald from auburn who still might need a waiver to play right away being that he's uh second time transferring what well, they they got a lot of talent ryan Seelig um at the linebacker position um so it, it's going to be a collective effort um i'd be lying if i'd said it's not a they didn't i, I they did a good job recovering um I would take most of the players that they lost in the transfer portal versus the players they gained. But again, it's all about who fits your system. You want to have people that want to be there. And they still have talent and they still still can be one of the best defenses in the country. On paper, I don't think their defense is as good as last year. Um, I'll admit. But um, players like Tyler Bride, but well, they still have uh, Tyler Newbin, uh, safety, Justin Wally, cornerback. Those are two of. I believe, the best defensive players in the conference. And they're going to need to lean on those guys. They're going to have to have the defensive line take a step forward. That trio of pass rushers, like I mentioned, Joyner, strigout, Jalen Logan Redding, if they take a step forward, this defense will take a step forward. Corey Lindenberg needs to become that number one alpha linebacker, which is possible. Um, It's just they need all these things to happen. They don't Newman and Wally are really the only two consistent things they have. Kyler Baugh was an impressive defensive tackle last year, but I don't know if you want him to be your number one option on the interior. Um, He's definitely a above-average starter. Um, But again, like Devin Eastern, if he takes a step forward, that's a big win. Uh, The second linebacker position is going to be a big question. I'll get into that one later, but... Um, it's life after Mariana Sari Martin. He's a guy who's been in the middle of the defense, he had his up and downs, but he's a big leader you have to replace. So, there's a lot of questions on the defensive side of the ball. Like I mentioned, there's still plenty of talent, there's nothing to be worried about, but it might not be the dominant unit we saw the last two years right off the bat. It might take a little bit. Um, and Joe so Rossi has shown as a defense coordinator that he's able to rebuild that side of the ball and he's just going to maybe need to do it a little bit more this season and i kind of staying with that trend i think one of the weaknesses of the team last season was their inability to produce consistent pass rush sacks are not an accurate stat all the time for uh pressure you get on the quarterback but they were tied for 118th in college football last season with only 19 sacks on the year which is a number that is not very good now uh, for being one of the best defenses in the country last year and the fact that they only had 19 sacks is kind of remarkable because if that number was any higher they would have been like a historically great defense i think but um there i think they're gonna have to do a little bit better than that this year they don't have Terrell Smith, and Jordan Newbin anymore. They still have two, at least two NFL-caliber defensive backs, but um, they don't have that elite, elite secondary like they had last year that they, they can lean on that kind of makes it not as important to generate pressure. Um, so, I, like I said, I think the biggest question mark for this defense is the trio of Jalen Logan Redding, Jaw Joyner, and Danny Stregal. If those if any of those three can take another step forward and be like an NFL level talent rather than like a above average starter, which I think all three of them kind of are at now. If one of them can take that next leap and get like five, six, seven sacks this year, like that that's gonna be huge for this defense. And if they can do that, I think this defense will be fine. Um, and it's a it's a fair thing to assume, but I don't think you want to guarantee it happening. So that that's just a big question, like I mentioned. Um the wide receivers, obviously another big offseason thing. Chris altman Bell coming back for another season, adding Elijah Spencer as a transfer from Charlotte, adding Corey Crooms as a transfer from Western Michigan, losing Dalen Wright to TCU. So they they shook up the wide receiver room, but still plenty of talent. Who's going to be the number one option? I think that's honestly the biggest question. Chris Allen Bell's the most familiar guy, but at this point in his career, he's dealt with injuries a lot. Um, God forbid, I hope he doesn't have another one, but uh, Daniel Jackson looked like he could be a number one option at the end of last year. Elijah Spencer looked the part in the spring, looked like such a talented player. Um. Chris Altenvell didn't play in the spring because he was recovering from injury. So it'll be interesting to see how they deal with all those options. Lameki Brockington in the Wisconsin game. We saw how talented he is. He might be the fourth, fourth option. And that just tells you how many receivers they have on this team. Kristen Hoskins is a guy they also really like. Um they just got a lot of options up and down, up and down the depth chart. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, it's a good problem to have, and it's a great problem to have when you have a young quarterback like Ethan. So um, it'll be interesting, but like, if I had to put uh, my reputation, I guess, on one of them leading the team in receptions, it might be Daniel Jackson, to be honest. Um, that might do a little bit with the fact that Crabb hasn't played all 12, 13 games in a while, um, and Daniel Jackson looked so good at the end of last season. And Ethan had a connection with him. But we'll see, obviously. Uh, Elijah Spencer might lead the team in touchdowns. Jackson could be receptions. Rab could be yards. It could be something like that. Like, it could be a three-headed monster. I think it might change every game. But it's a good problem to have. It'll be interesting to watch. Um, I I think another fun thing heading into the season is at this point last year, if you ask a Gophers fan who is the best player on the team, a lot of them would say Mo Ibrahim or maybe John Michael Schmitz because he had that first-round hype, I think, all season. um, And at this point this year, I think it really comes down to Tyler Newbin or even Brevin Spanford. Spanford has a chance to be one of the best tight ends in the sport this year, and Tyler Newbin has a chance to be one of the best safeties. Yeah. I think it's a fun back-and-forth. Um, it obviously it's not like a question mark as the other things I've said, but I, I think that'll be a fun storyline to follow. I think both of them will hear their name called in the NFL draft next spring. Um, I think those are right now the two. I'd be pretty comfortable. Um, I think putting my reputation saying that both those guys will hear their name called. Newbin has, has a chance to be a first rounder, almost guarantee. I think top one hundred picks um spanford could hear his name quickly rise uh he'll be a big uh free draft guy i think he'll get a lot of buzz nice. of his interesting athletic profile being so big being built like a power forward um, it'll just be a fun fun uh storyline to watch um kind of i guess wrapping up here a few more um like i mentioned earlier the linebacker um rotation i think it might be the second biggest question mark after the defensive line on the defense um because there's no moriano sorry Martin, a guy who's been the stalwart of the linebacker room for the past three even four years um cody Lindenberg showed he's a big 10 linebacker last season he performed very well at the end of the year only got better but now he's the number one guy he's Supposed to be the guy with the green dot on the defense. Uh, you want your linebacker to be this leader. Um, I think Tyler Newbin will kind of assume that role. I wouldn't be shocked if, um, he not, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but, um, I think Lindenburg... I I don't know exactly how the Gophers defense works, uh, for like who's gonna be calling plays, calling signals, but in the back end, Newbin will obviously control his guys, but, um, Lindenburg, he needs to take a step forward, like I said. Um, and then after him, really interesting. I, I think there'll be an interesting rotation all year. Ryan Seelig from Western Michigan is a guy that is a front runner under to be the number two option. But Rowan Zolman from um Miami of Ohio, he's a fun, versatile player that they got in the transfer portal. Um, but he's still pretty young uh Joey Gerlach, redshirt freshman from Woodbury got a little bit of hype in the um in the spring and then you got Lucas Finney still there uh Derek LeCaptain, who's a good leader um guy who obviously was a former walk-on um he didn't play in the spring because he was recovering from injury as well but uh they got a lot of interesting options uh in the three, four, and five spots. So it'll be interesting to see if any of those guys uh, break through, but um, not as much of a strength as it has been in the years past. So th- there's some fun questions in that department as well. Um, I kind of mentioned it before, the offensive line. Um, I It's at least the worst offensive line since the COVID year. And during the COVID year, they were still obviously very talented. They had JMS, they had Falele, they had Sam Schluter. They had, uh, they even had, oh, what's his name? Who's the guy from Dumlap? Highest ranked recruit. Uh, highest ranked midded recruit in the PJ Fleck era. Now, with the um, guy from Wisconsin, I'm blanking on his name, but that's besides the fact. All I'm saying is there's a few question marks. There's no surefire NFL player on this offensive line. I think. The thing that needs to happen is Ariante Ursary needs to take a step forward. He has a chance to be that guy out of more than any other player on the offensive line. I think he's the most talented player in that unit. Um, So he has a chance to take a step forward and maybe hear his name called make an NFL roster. Um, But we all know Quinn Carroll up and down run. Last season, still very talented guy. I like more that he moved into guard. I think that's his natural position, and I think we'll see improvement out of him this year. But then you got uh, Martez Lewis, a guy who was in and out last year, rotating with Carroll, Nathan Bow played the bowl game at center, did a fairly good job. Had, had a few struggles with snapping, if I remember. Um, but like I said, it's not. As surefire as a thing it's been the past two years. So it's a question mark, but um I think the offensive line coach Brian Callahan's shown he can develop that unit, but again, it's not as surefire as it's been the past few years. And then oh uh, lastly, I didn't really want to talk about this because I think it's been talked about enough. This Aussie and is the schedule. Um, everyone's been talking about they're like, oh, um, like they can't win eight games with this schedule. They missed their window, blah, blah, blah. And I think everyone. The schedule obviously matters. They're they have tough games. Uh, North Carolina's their toughest non-conference game in a while. Having Colorado the last two years helped them, um, at least for the record, because Colorado stinks. They had stunk, I should say. They'll probably be better now, with coach prime. Um, but I, I, I did. And then obviously we have Ohio State and Michigan on the schedule. Didn't play either one of those teams last year. Played Ohio state the year before played Michigan in a while. No Penn state on the schedule this year, though. Uh, Don't, don't want to keep talking about this. The last episode was more about the schedule. Um, And I I just think people put a little too much emphasis on it. Uh, And you just kind of need to take it game by game. That's the most important thing with football. If you look at it as a 12 game season, week one, um, that's kind of, I guess, when you get in trouble. I think any coach will tell you that too. It's very coach speak to say take it game by game, but I think this year is one of the more important years for the Gophers to do that. And like when you look at the whole schedule, then it, the Nebraska game becomes a lot harder, I think, because then you're looking, oh, you got to play North Carolina, you got to play Michigan, you got to play Ohio State, got to play Iowa, got to play Wisconsin. And then you forget about Nebraska. Nebraska is not an easy game as much as. Boevers fans and Big Tens fans like to talk about that. Um, having them at home is a big deal. It's Matt Rule's first game. Um, I think they're going to be better under Matt Rule, and they're going to be better than last year. I think so. That's not a game you can overlook. You want to start on the right foot, especially when you have a schedule like this. So, um, it, it'll be interesting. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's exciting. Football season's coming. Um, I think. It's going to be a fun year. It's going to be a different year for the Gophers. And yeah, I think we're going to wrap up this section here. Got an interview with Mauricio Hines coming. Um, but as always, I appreciate you guys listening. Row the boat, Skyuma Ma and go Gophers. All right. Let me now introduce a very special guest. Uh, Gophers football offensive line commitment. Mauricio Hines. How are we doing today?
1: I'm doing very well. Uh, yeah good as can be good to hear
0: um so I guess we'll kind of start with your whole uh high school career. You obviously have a interesting story uh from Nova scotia Canada yes, then sir. you uh tra- transferred to the states Pennsylvania originally and now you're uh in Clearwater, cal- Florida yep. um so I guess from your upbringing in Canada to the United States, kind of how did that whole process work and what kind of brought you to the to play high school football in the u s?
1: Uh, well, it started off, I played hockey, like I was a hockey player for 10 years. um And one like the last year I wanted to play like um the trainer for the team I was trying out for was best friends with the football coach. So I started doing training with him on the offseason, just to uh, better myself on the ice. And uh, he ended up you know what I'm saying like just come I coach the team come play for me like we can you know you can play football and so I did it and I played fullback slot receiver D end, nose like name it. I played it I played it all um I loved having the ball in my hand um and then after that yeah so I quit hockey went into football then I uh COVID happened and I couldn't um couldn't really play try to go down to the states to St. Paul's but uh you know, I just, I was grade nine, so I was too young. My mom thought it would be best if so I stayed at home, and I agreed. So stayed at home, played football there that year. Uh, COVID happened, got into grade 10, it was. Uh, didn't have a grade 10 season, couldn't play football because there was no contact sports. So he started off a flag football league. So I played tight end in the flag football league. Um and i just started posting clips to youtube and stuff youtube twitter everything i could because i knew that's uh that's the platforms, platforms they were using to recruit and, uh, and uh just getting recruited from recruiter. that um clearwater reached out there was a bunch of other schools that reached out um and i narrowed it down to clearwater and the hill school in philly picked philly over it you know i thought like it was on campus it was like in philadelphia i felt like it was it was all on campus and being so young, I felt like that was a better decision for me. Um, and then I ended up transferring after the first semester, did uh half a semester, a few months at home and then came here for spring, two springs ago now. Um, and it was the best decision I ever made. I think like just the development is unlike anything else. And so I just started playing football and I started right guard here last season. So, yeah.
0: Well, yeah, that's quite the journey. So, uh, would that have been seventh or eighth grade? What was the first year that you played football,
1: then? I guess. First year would have been freshman year, but okay, because oh, yeah. it's not high school, so it's like still, uh, I guess they would call it like I don't know, it's like rec football. It's just like there's a bunch of teams okay. in town, and I just yeah. played for that. Okay,
0: uh, did you just play hockey growing up as a kid, or did you play any other sports? No, I, I played
1: everything. I, uh, I played lacrosse, got drafted to play uh, on the junior team for lacrosse. I uh, played hockey, played basketball a lot, um, played a lot of baseball, and like football was really the last sport I got into out of them all. Yeah, uh, you're a pretty big guy. I guess what position did you play in hockey? I played right wing. I wasn't a green okay. man. I could <laughs> I uh, I could skate pretty well. That was uh, I was pretty good at skating, and you know I just I liked having the puck. I liked scoring, so I did it. Yeah.
0: Uh, so now you're obviously at Clearwater Academy in Florida. Um, the Gophers have had a little bit of a connection in recent years with your current teammate Dallas Sims and uh, Ryland Kelly a few years ago and Tyra Lawrence a few years ago from Canada. Um, how has your experience been at Clearwater, Clearwater Academy? Uh, and how much do you think that relationship that they already
1: had with the Gophers, I guess, affected your recruitment? I wouldn't say – I wouldn't – like uh obviously my coaches knew they the coaches were good guys like if i did go there they would put me in good hands and stuff like when i was going through the process uh they really liked the coaches i talked very highly of them but i wouldn't say that because those guys were going there it really affected uh why i chose the school or like it affected my recruiting with the school um dallas just actually walked past me he lives his room's right there so um that's uh you know, it would be good. Like, I always wanted – you know, it would be good to go in college with someone I knew, obviously. But if that didn't happen, it's whatever. Like, I'm not worried about it. Um, but I think that, you know, me and Dallas, we're going to be roommates. And uh, I think it, it it obviously makes the transition easier, especially with guys. Like, Ryland was his best friend back home. And uh, when I went on the visit, I got to talk to Tyrell about, like, you know, clear water and making the transition here and everything. And um, I got to talk to Rylan about it everything like that. So like to have someone with a little familiarity to where I'm coming from, uh, it definitely helped on that standpoint to get to like the information I wanted to know. But I feel like uh a lot of people leave call home first when they're going to college. Like we've all been away from home. So it makes it easier to transition.
0: oh uh, did you meet uh Dallas, I guess, when you transferred to Clearwater or did you know him before? And I guess how how was your guys' relationship kind of grown?
1: No, nah, uh, I had no clue who he was before. I came down here. Um, he was the first person in the house that I talked to. He uh, came down. We've just pulled in, me, my mom, my younger brother, and he came down and introduced himself to all of us. So I met the, him first. Um, and then, like, after that, it's really history. Like, we've been best friends after since. Like, I used to, like, we hang out. I hang out in his room every night. We uh, just listen to music, you know, talk, relax. Like, every night we're together. And it was like that for the first I want to say, eight months I was here. We did that every night, just hanging out in his room, like, and uh, so we got really close. And that's my guy, man. Like that's my brother. Like I, uh, you form a close bond with all the guys in your house because, you know, it's like you, it's not like you got parents around. So you got your host parents, obviously, but like your guys are the ones that have your back. If you need something, you go to them. Like so, we're brothers, really. So, uh, are you guys like in a dorm situation, or kind of how is the living? like down there uh i live in a house downstairs they have uh we have one two we have four rooms upstairs so yeah. uh, uh in three of those rooms where there's two guys in each room and then dallas has his own room uh and we live with uh two teachers from the school you know they're the best people i couldn't ask for anything else like they're you know to allow us to come live here and pursue our dreams is crazy but then like the people they are when you're talking to them like it does it feels like they're a part of your family you know especially because you're living with them like every time I leave I just got back last night got back last night at 2 a.m like I made or like two thirty, I made it home um and they stayed up and waited for me just to see me like that's the that's the kind of thing I'm dealing with here so we live in a house but yeah we're just living yeah, off campus that's a
0: Yeah. That's a fun dynamic as a high schooler. Um, so I guess Nova Scotia is kind of interesting part of the world. Obviously it's a little bit like secluded up there in Canada. And did you feel like a big transition living now in Florida, it's obviously a little bit of a different climate or was that kind of just smooth along with the transition for you?
1: No, it was, uh, I was living away from home before, so it, it definitely helped that I had some experience with it, but the transition wasn't that bad. Like you had to get used to the heat, obviously. It uh, definitely gets hot here way hotter than it does back home I'll tell you that but um you know anything I do back home like all I really do back home is go fishing and hang out with my family and friends like I'm not like obviously workout but besides that like I'm not I'm not much um and so you come here and these guys just show you the ropes and I feel like our program in whole like I can definitely speak for this year and last year like it's a family feel every time like these are your guys like it doesn't matter what position you play. Like I go at it with my uh, D lineman every practice. Like they're crazy. Don't get it twisted, but like end of practice, we say, I love you. Like they're like, I feel like the adjustment with the people here, they pick the right people to make the culture. Amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the best part about football is the yep. bond you get with your teammates. Um, so you had a interesting recruitment. It kind of heated up in the last few months, getting offers from a handful of different schools. Um, I guess kind of what stood out about the Gophers compared to every other school you took you talked to? And uh what about I guess your recruitment initially stood out to you between Minnesota? Uh
1: yo boys, can we That's Dallas right there. Uh my bad, my bad. No worries. Uh, I don't know. The Gophers, you know, like coach Simon came down, watched the practice and uh after he came down one time, Dallas was like, you know, like, he was like, what players do you got? Dallas was like, look, I got this left tackle. Like, um, and Dallas really told him about me, told him to keep an eye out. He came back next practice. I had a great practice. Um, at the end of spring, I had, like, a few I had few good weeks. I put together, like, a good week and a half, two weeks. And um, Coach Simon was there for one of those practices, and he loved it. And so when I saw that, like, he called me the next day, offered me um, – talk to coach Callahan. I really like him. It reminds me of uh, the coaches I have here. And when I, uh, when they talk about their culture, it's the culture that I'm playing with now. Like they say the same things, like you want a great team, you build it from the bottom and has to be led by the players and stuff like that. Um, and so it's like, I fit so well here. And if it's very similar in their culture and their dynamic, and I know the coaching is amazing. Like coach Fleck, I love his energy. Like he's, he's a guy I would love to be around. Um, Coach Callie, I have full faith. He knows what he's doing. Like love, I love like love his coaching. Um, and they think I can be a player on their team. Like so, they have that belief in me, that faith in me, and always be like they were always contacting me. I get texts like Coach Fleck every day, every second day, whatever. Like calling with uh, Coach Callie every few nights. Like more than I would other coaches. They were really reaching out and showing me they really wanted me. And so, uh, I feel like that that really stood out. Um, and they just wanted me to come on the campus and I was, I, I would, I loved it. So, yeah, I feel like that's what really stood out. So, uh, coach Flex, obviously a unique personality is very that's, energetic
0: guy. Yeah. Uh, what was your first impressions of him? Cause obviously you've talked to a lot of different coaches and he, he is pretty unique.
1: Um, uh, when we went on the visit, we sat there. I sat there with my mom and my brother. And as soon as the visit was done, my mom looked at me and was like, Mercio, you match him. Like, you match his energy. Like, I'm that type of person. I'm always energetic, always have a smile on my face. I'm ready to go, like, always hyped up. A little goofy sometimes, but like, it's like, I feel like I have a pretty big personality, and so does he. And uh, because that's so similar, I feel like we get along. That's the coach I would love to play for it because, you know, it's always easier to adjust to stuff and like to get used to stuff. if – people are similar to you in that area, you know what I mean? So I feel like, you know, I, like I'm the energy crazy. guy is crazy. Like it just makes you want to be there every day. It makes you want to go harder. It makes you want to like all of it. You just want to, you want to impress him. Cause you know, you know, like if he's like that normally, imagine when he's like really happy that y'all like won the big game, won a bowl game, like his personality, then his energy then would be ecstatic. It would be amazing to see like, and that's what I want to do.
0: Yeah, uh in my time, I guess following the program with Coach Fleck, there's definitely a style of player that I think uh buys into his system. And when he's able to find guys that buy in, it it seems like it is a very good match. And yeah. uh based on what you said, I think you fit right into that mold. Um, yeah, so you mentioned Coach Callahan and the Gophers have had success developing offensive linemen the last few years with John Michael Schmitz last year, big uh, Daniel Falele a few years ago. How, how much did, I guess, the program success on the offensive line, and even as a whole, kind of in the past few years, obviously, building and building more as a program, from your point of view, was it more the relationships you built with the coaching staff, or how much of an impact did the success of the program impact your recruiting?
1: Like, obviously, I want to be a... Part of a team that wins and, you know, they've been doing that the last uh, three years. It's like nine and three or something like that. And so that's that's a winning program. Um, and, you know, he uh, I'm pretty new to football. So like for him to like he wants to develop me then and I have faith that he will do that. I wouldn't say the success of the program had like a crazy amount. Like I just want to win, obviously. But um, I would say the relationships I built, the culture I saw, like all that stuff really played a major factor into it. And it just felt like it felt right. Like Minnesota, it looks like home, like all these stuff. Like I'm not dealing with this hot weather, like hot weather, like I am in Florida. Um, And so I I just, I I think it's a fit really. Yeah.
0: So uh, obviously you went on your visit during the uh, summer splash event, which is something that's obviously become popular for the Gophers program. Um, I guess if you're comfortable sharing what what kind of i guess went into your visit and what's something that i guess a recruit goes through when they go on an official visit during that weekend what was your relationship like with the other recruits and i guess kind of what was that like on your end
1: see that that really stood out to me like the uh relationship that got you to build with the other recruits like um so i got there on the thursday night and obviously i'm not allowed talking to them like not allowed seeing them i can't sit down with them yet but uh they set up a dinner so i sat down with uh brett carroll and so I was really happy when he just committed, I sat down with him and his mom and we just like, you know, we just got to talk and know each other. And then uh, they had a ha- hospitality suite set up for the kids upstairs with like this food. And so I went up there and uh, all the recruits that were there pretty much sat around the table until like, I got there around eight. And we were there until 1130, like to build the relationship with the guys before I got to even see the rest of the thing. Like, obviously that's very important. Um, and then, like, obviously, I fit in the football, like they said. But, like, to show me the vibe they did, like, I went out on Coach Flex boat and stuff like that. We just talked about, you know, we talked about everything. Like, I got to go. I love fishing. It's my favorite thing. I got to go fishing. Uh, and Coach Nickel. I didn't know who Coach Nickel was the first day, and we were fishing. And so, or, like, that Friday. And he, like, you know, he was there. Like, he was walking me around. We were fishing and stuff like that. I had no clue who he was. And then the next day, he did a presentation, and it ended up being the strength coach. And I was like, you know, like, I, I liked him a lot. Love his energy. He's from Boston. Like, it's 12 hours away from home. So he understands the East Coast. Um, and then, like, he's, I'm going to say he's one of the best at what he does. Like, to develop guys in the weight room. And he understands it. And for him to be a great guy off the field, like, you know, like, there's a great guy you want to be around. And then for him to be pushing you in the weight room, like, you just want to succeed. Then you 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 want to impress him. You want to do as best as you can, especially because you know he has he has your back off the field. Like I really liked him a lot, and so I feel like yeah, they just showed me they showed me all the culture and all the vibes that were that were all about Minnesota, Minnesota was all about, and uh, it sold me. Oh, you know, it seems like the Coach Fleck boat rides become a
0: tradition of the yeah. summer splash. Yeah, was,
1: uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so. And like you said, uh, Nova Scotia and Minnesota, obviously pretty similar climates, uh, obviously coming from a hockey background too, and fishing. Um, I guess the last question I'll get you out on here, uh, what's
1: your favorite uh, hockey team?
0: Now that you're coming to the state of hockey, you're going to be See? able to watch a little more.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's Boston Bruins, has been since I was three years old. So, like, you know, Coach Nickel, like, I I got, you know, my guys from there. Like, how can you not like that team? I love that team. Except I'm not really happy with them right now because uh, how do you have a great season and lose first round of the playoffs? Like, I needed them to go all the way. I was very angry when I uh, witnessed that one happen. Um, Words can't describe how mad I was. But, uh, you know, they're still my guys. Pretty sad that a few of them are retiring. Like, Bergie, I uh, love that guy. He's another Canadian. Uh, Brad Marchand's from Nova Scotia. So I played in his home rink. Um, But, yeah, that's my favorite team. I can't believe they lost first round. uh, I don't know what to say. I can't believe it.
0: Yeah. Well, you're going to watch the best college hockey program in the country now. Plenty of hockey. Maybe even
1: Minnesota State High School
0: tournament. That's always fun to watch, too. Yes, sir. Uh, But, yeah, uh, thanks again for doing this. Uh, I really appreciate it. Best of luck the rest of the way, and I'll talk to you later.